Hey guys, this is Matt Browning back with another episode of Humans Doing Business podcast. This is episode number three with Judd Watkins with ANA Wall Systems. I'm so excited for you guys to hear about this this conversation that we had with Judd. Um, Adam, what was uh, one of your takeaways from this? You know, what really stood out to me is his company's called ANA Wall Systems. He does commercial drywalling and um, and and studs and different things, but he's really in the people business. It sounds like to me, he, he really gets it. Um, a quote that kind of jumped at me. Um, it was, he said to hire heart, train skills. And it's in a world where it's really hard to find good help. He really understands and encourages people to, you know, you look for people who have some passion and then you show them a little love and treat them with respect. And they, that passion will grow into skills for you. I mean, we covered a lot of things in this conversation, but I mean, really, it was the most impactful thing for me was along those same lines. And it was as simple as, as one word, which was honor. Um, you know, that's that's basically their their core value. You know, like you said, they don't have a ton of core values that rhyme, all start with the same letter or anything um, fancy like that. I mean, it's just it's raw, it's real, um, and it goes for all aspects of the business. And uh, loved hearing a story, how he got started, um, you know, kind of how he parted ways with it and, and came back to it and, and how how God's timing was was perfect. So I loved it. Yeah, it's it's another tale of, um, you know, you, you have a passion for work and then the work finds you. So he didn't necessarily go into this career by plan, but he, he had a heart for just, you know, working really hard and, and being his best self and the the career sort of laid out for him. Yeah. And he's involved in so many other things that are so fun to talk about. And uh, I think we could have gone on for hours and hours just talking about all these little side projects and, and other things, but obviously had to, had to wrap it up, but yeah, can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yep. Welcome to humans doing business where hosts Matt Browning and Adam Griggs gather amazing stories from leaders in small business. Each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed. But best of all, you'll learn insights to take your business to the next level. Now here's Matt and Adam delivering you another great story. Judd Watkins, thank you so much for being with us today. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. This will be a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've I've caught you on a couple other podcast episodes and and heard you talk a little bit about business and and, and you know how you approach business and and being a a boss. Um, you know how you treat employees and, and a little bit about that. Um, and I'm excited to dive into that. But uh, I think our audience needs to hear a little bit about you, uh, your past, where you come from, and and a little bit about your business specifically. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, my name is Judd Watkins. I am a, a local small business owner in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I I own a uh, small construction company that specializes in metal studs and drywall basically um, carpentry uh, for those that aren't super familiar with the, the uh, commercial construction space. Um, yeah. And uh, it's a family business. My father-in-law started in the sixties and incorporated in 1966. Uh, so we're 55 years in at this point. And, um, 
I joined the company in the mid nineties in 1995. And, uh, when I married, uh, his daughter <laughs> and, uh, it's been a wild ride since then. I've learned a lot and I've, uh, I've made a lot of mistakes and I think that's part of anybody trying to do anything worthwhile. You're going to do that. So I've, I've definitely, I've definitely, uh, had my bumps and bruises. So, yeah. So over 25 years, that's, there's not many people who work for one company for that long, um, these days. That's re- that's really unique and special. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I took a little hiatus in, uh, I was gone for five years, almost to the day. So it's a, that was a, that was a strange situation in a family business, uh, as a part owner when you, when you decide to walk away from it. So, but it all, it all worked out. So, yeah. Yeah. Thinking back to your younger days, did you ever see yourself getting in into this career path or, um, was that just something that sort of developed? And I mean, it sounds like you, you fell in love, um, which probably had something to play with that. Well, I mean, ultimately, there there's a whole lot more backstory as far as how things, looking back, seem like they were kind of laid out for us. Um, but, no, I, my childhood was less than ideal. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks that got things a lot worse, but uh, we definitely were not, uh, you know, the beaver cleaver sort of happy American <laughs> family. You know, so, mm-hmm. honestly, I didn't I didn't have much vision for my life at all. I, I just happened to fall in love with a woman whose father owned a company and uh i had zero other opportunities and i knew at that stage uh in in my life that i that was i think we were i was 21 maybe 20 yeah right at 21 when i met her um and uh we were friends ended up married um by the time i was 23 and uh so yeah i didn't really have any other opportunities saw the opportunity in front of me and knew that uh, i needed to make the most of it um, or, or not, you know, that was, I didn't really have a backstop. So it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of, you know, go for it or, or just forget about it. So, um, so yeah, I made the decision to run towards it instead of away from it. And that's, uh, it's paid off pretty well. Thanks to his generosity. And, um, just thanks for, you know, to a lot of, I don't know, good breaks and some bad ones that taught me some good lessons. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's kind of similar to me. I, I stumbled in a, a career, you know, much the same way. Um, you know, my wife, um, from a early age, she knew what she wanted to do and, and went to college to be a nurse and pursued that, you know, never had any question. Um, so going through college, you know, she, she had a target and, you know, she was going to meet that. And, and meanwhile, I was working three different jobs and, you know, <laughs> no, no direction. And she said, you know, you're, you're going to have to get a real job. <laughs> and, uh, I just right. stumbled into uh, something that was a nine to five that looked like a, uh, a grown up job and, you know, turned out to be the, the screen printing and embroidery industry and, um, had no idea that I was selecting a, a career at that time. Um, you know, worked there for a little while and, and then started my own and, you know, the rest is history. It's, uh, mm. <clears throat> so n- nothing like the, nothing like a push from a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's funny. It's funny how, uh, how they figure it out so much faster than we do. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how, but I'm glad they, I'm glad they do. And they're willing to guide us instead of write us off. So exactly. Yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. how I like to live my life. I, I need people to tell me what to do give me the answers. And, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, so you, you had mentioned that you were, you were involved in the company and then you, you stepped away and are, are now back again. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that journey. What was that like? Yeah, well, uh, so my father-in-law, when I joined the business in 95, um, he had kind of cast the vision that I would one day buy the business from him. And at the time 
he had a partner. Um, she was a, they were 49, 51, you know, he had controlling interest or whatever, but they were, they were equal partners. And she was uh, really running the business on the day to day. He was involved, but wasn't very hands-on. Uh, he was mostly golfing. Um, but you know, over the years, uh, I was able to, to buy him out. Uh, and then I started to buy, I started into an agreement to buy her part of the business out. We got a couple of years into that and the eight, nine and 10 slide started and we decided to pause that agreement because the, you know, from the looks of things, the, the valuation of the business was going to be upside down by the time we got to the end of the payout. So she might ended up owing me money. So we, say, yeah. you know, I didn't, I didn't have, the, I wasn't making enough money to pay her and, and the company wasn't going to be, um, worth enough to, to justify the deal. So we paused that. Uh, and then that just, the, the recession kept just coming. Uh, and it got to the point where I was really just pretty miserable in the job in general. Um, I didn't see it as the gift that it was. I didn't see the, I didn't, I just, I didn't appreciate it, uh, the way it should have been appreciated the opportunity to, the opportunity or the obligation to, to own uh, a business. So, you know, I went almost three years, probably right about three years without taking a paycheck, uh, which is tough to do on a young guy um, who spent the money he was making as he owned the business, buying the business, you know how that goes. So it was kind of funding the, the buyout more than anything else. So I didn't, didn't have a ton of savings to draw from. So that was kind of a rough deal. Had a really good buddy who had a startup business who uh, this guy was a real sharp guy great salesman knew his product had a great product it was in the uh ehr emr space in medical it so he was doing that i didn't know anything about that but i'm a systems and process guy he needed one so he knew i was miserable in my my current situation he knew i wasn't making any money so he offered me a, a sweet deal to come be a part of that so yeah it was uh left to do that for a couple of years um that didn't go the way we thought it would we ended up parting company about two and a half years later I had another friend in a similar situation who had a had a growing business and uh, was looking for a for somebody to help him take it to the next level and and just work with alongside. Um, he had started the company with his dad, who's a great guy, but he's retirement age, and this guy was really just crushing. Uh, he was just working his butt off, and uh, he's a he's one of those kind of guys though. And uh, but he decided, hey, before you before you consider any other options, why don't you come? help me out with this and, and we can try and do this together and see how, how it goes. So I did that and it was going great. And, uh, then my old partner, um, kind of started, kind of came calling, um, yeah. trying to, trying to entice me to come back to a, at least have a conversation about potentially making a deal about buying the business back and getting back into the industry. And I really didn't want anything at all to do with it. Um, but after several sort of back and forth and conversations and, and, uh, pleas from my father-in-law who was still peripherally connected to this business that he had created, uh, and my old partner, uh, her kind of asking to do this. I, I finally said, yeah, let's, let's sit down and have coffee. Um, cause there's a reason everybody's, there's a reason this keeps coming up. I need to quit, quit ignoring it. Yeah. And, uh, so sat down, had coffee and just was blown away by her approach to the thing. The, the the offer that we ended up talking about the just the way it was all going to be laid out and was it going to work uh, was really it was attractive so yeah I went ahead and I made the decision to go back and uh, and came back into the business w with a full awareness of what sort of opportunity it was and what sort of uh, responsibility I have as a business owner and 
uh, and leaning into that responsibility uh, and looking forward to it rather than sort of dreading that, uh, that weight uh, that a lot of guys talk about having on their shoulders. I mean, that's, that's really kind of a, a blessing to have. So um, yeah, so that's, that's the, in a nutshell version. Yeah. So since we launched this podcast, I've had a lot of people asking, was it hard? Was it difficult? You know, it seems kind of complicated and I get to tell them no, because we signed up with Buzzsprout and they've been great. Uh, I let them know that if they've got a message that they want to share with the world or think it would be fun to have their own talk show, podcasting is actually easy and inexpensive and it's fun. It's a fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes to get started today. And it's that easy. The five years that you that you took away from the business, do you do you feel like that was meant to be? Do you feel like you were in a, in a better space? Obviously, the business was and the economy was in a better space. But um, you know, how do you how do you feel looking back? I mean, would it have been different if you would have stayed on? No, absolutely. It was it was the best thing that could have possibly happened. Uh, it was it was a surprisingly simple transition with my family, with my father in law. When I said, "Hey, I've got this opportunity," and uh, you know the condition of the company right now, and the company was surviving, but it definitely wasn't thriving, and so he was very graceful in letting me exit uh, and supporting me in that. So coming back, I didn't have any animosity from anybody, uh, but I learned more in those five years from being away from that business than I could have learned in twenty years of making the same mistakes over and over again. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, getting getting away from it and getting that perspective. I mean, that was absolutely, uh, I mean, it was some of the, it was some of the greatest lessons, the best thing that could have happened. And that's why to this day, I, any opportunity I have to do not networking, I'm not a network guy. I don't like the schmooze deal, but anytime I, I get a chance to uh, kind of rub elbows and trade ideas with other folks in the business space uh, from, especially folks that are in any kind of leadership position, regardless of the industry, um, because I went from metal studs and drywall to medical IT to wine distribution was the, the other company. So three radically different industries. Turns out the nuts and bolts of pretty much everything are the same. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was, it was transformational for me. Yeah. So. yeah that really resonates with me also because the, the hardest times that I've ever had in my professional career were the times that I learned the most. There was a six-month period right after college where I was working in a shoe store, and I happen to be working in a shoe store still. But I was working there, and I thought, this isn't a big boy job. i got to go out and do something. So I, I got a job with a, what I thought was an insurance company. I think I was in a pyramid scheme. I don't know. I still don't know exactly what was going on. <laughs> I remember on. those. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did it for six months, just knocking on doors and hating every day. And I'm, I might work 70 hours in a week and make $70. Um, right. And looking back on it, though, I mean, I'm just so thankful that I had that terrible six months because what I took away from it. It really prepared me for, you know, being content in the job that I have now that, you know, I really feel like I've got a lot of opportunity in and it's it's God's plan for me. But um, I, I don't think I would be able to have that contentment and satisfaction if I didn't go through some misery. Uh, yeah, there, there, we, we, you grow through, you don't grow any other way 
than than by being stretched. And and everybody likes to say that. Everybody, I love how everybody is all keen on the embrace the suck thing. Everybody's like, embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You absolutely embrace the suck because you're absolutely heading for something better on the other side. That doesn't mean that it doesn't also suck while you're embracing it. <laughs> right. So and it might suck know, for it, a long time. <laughs> right. And, and and you know what? When when you're in that situation, you have to say, God, what are you teaching me here? And what can I learn? Otherwise, you're just wasting all of that pain. I mean, you're just you can sit and moan about it and bitch about it and complain about it, which which I did my fair share of. Uh, but uh, not until I got away from it uh, did I start realizing, wow, I really I, I had picked up quite a few nuggets of, of knowledge and wisdom and experience that I didn't even realize I had. And the perspective of getting away from it um, was just great for me. There were some there were organizational changes that happened when I left that had to happen just because all the different roles I was filling. So when I came back, there, there had been some systemic changes in the company that were just perfect. Um, yeah, so it was it was wonderful. But uh, yeah, I agree. You got to if if you're struggling through something, you need to be looking for the why instead of complaining about the what, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. um, I, it's something I noticed. I, I've followed you on social media for a while, but um, I've not really looked at your um, business on social media. And I noticed mm-hmm. on your LinkedIn, it says aspiring to be the best, not the biggest. I wonder what yeah. that meant to you. Yeah. So that's the that's one of the things we we talk about all the time as far as just sort of our uh, vision for for A and A, and that's that's our whole core team and everybody. My uh, my business is uh, about fifty fifty materials and labor. So the bigger we get, the more folks we are taking in uh, under our uh, care. In my opinion, uh, we got the best team in the city right now. So every single person we add is under a microscope when we add them we we hire high character folks and we train them we i i'm not if you're coming to me with 20 years of experience in my industry the first thing i'm wondering is why in the hell are you looking for a job so yeah. i'd rather you know yeah you in my opinion you, you hire heart and you train skills so we look for heart we look for character we look for that that fire in your belly and so the best not biggest is we focus on that side of it the best side of it not the biggest side. I'm not trying to grow this company into the biggest drywall company in the city. Um, I, I want to have a company where people thrive, uh, where our clients get taken care of. Our, we have one core value, and that's it. We don't have seven. They don't rhyme. There's not any sort of any sort of gimmick with it. You know, it's not an acronym. Our our core value is honor. We treat each other with honor. We treat our clients with honor. We operate with honor. Um, and if we're operating outside of that. Um, then we're out of line and we got to get back in line. So um, that's just not really tolerated. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I, we focus on the best rather than the biggest. We're not, I'm not trying to double my workforce or our, or our volume in a year. Hey, if the work lands in front of us and we can do it responsibly and make sure we're not taking on uh, too much to, to meet those commitments that we're making to our customers, then uh, we'll happily do it. But, but that is not our goal. So. That's, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, to kind of expand on that, you know, and you know how much how much you focus on the hiring aspect of things. Um, you know, you talked about. Uh, I've, I've heard you said before, you you compensate a little bit differently, or you know, you um, you have values in your employment agreements that are a little bit unique for small business owners. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, coming back coming back into the business, like I said, I had a full awareness of the responsibility. Um, of what that means. And I take it very seriously that I've got 
everybody that works for me, every, every, every name on that payroll list is a family. And, and I want to see everybody that works for me becoming the best versions of themselves, whether that means they go into a different career path, they work somewhere else or they go out on their own. I'm, I count it as success when I see somebody who has been in our company um, for a few years, they're in a better place than they were a few years ago and they're headed towards a better place from there. So we really focus on, um, we take care of our folks, uh, as far as just generally in our wages are, are, um, competitive, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're commensurate with the market. Uh, so folks are taken care of from, uh, just a purely financial brass tax. Look, I got to pay my bills standpoint, because that's very important. You got to, before you start talking about any of the the icing on the cake or, or any of the fancy sprinkles or any of that stuff, the gingerbread is what my uncle always used to call it. Before you focus on that, you got to actually have something there. So somebody's got to be able to pay their bills. But then we also we also do all sorts of things um, to make sure that folks are getting actually taken care of. So we do. Um, you know, we do bonuses like everybody does. Well, we do twice a year bonuses. I make sure PTO is stressed. Uh, we're we're very um, we're generous with PTO uh, in general. We have all the paid holidays and we have vacation schedules and then just general PTO. We we encourage folks to take that PTO because we know that we work from rest rather than resting from work. So you know, at the end of the week on Friday, you're tired and you're ready to kick back for the weekend. But that weekend isn't letting helping you rest up from Friday. It's getting you ready for the next week. And we know that people that just you know work year round don't take their PTO, don't take their vacation. They're just they they're just not happy people. They're going to be miserable. They're going to be burned out. There are seasons that you have to burn the candle at both ends. But if if that burning the candle at both ends becomes the norm, then there's a, there's there's a breakdown somewhere that needs to be fixed. So. Uh, we do that kind of stuff. We really, we really encourage folks to take their PTO, um, and uh, so, so that's a that's a big thing for us. We also do. Um, if you've ever read the Dream Manager, um, it's a fantastic book about a local company um, that's just transformed uh, the janitorial space uh, by really focusing on. Okay, yeah, you can write somebody a bonus check, but is that moving them towards their goals? Are their dreams? Are they seeing things in their life improve and thrive? Um, so we focus on that. We set aside money uh, in the in the annual operating budget for us to identify for our team. Not this isn't just something I sit back in a in an ivory tower and decide. We I sit together with my core team and we talk about the needs uh, and dreams of the folks that work for us. And when we see an opportunity to help somebody reach one of those dreams, whether it's getting an education buying a vehicle, figuring out how to um, buy a condo, just all sorts of stuff that's that's not just material material wants, but their needs and dreams and things that are going to move them to a new place. We invest in that. Um, and that's important to us that we get to do that. And it's really great that I've seen a lot of our, our leadership and management folks, um, they'll bring those ideas to the table when we're in that group setting saying, hey, I, I saw this in so-and-so, you know, Joe's really struggling with this and he's talking about trying to do this. And I'm wondering if we can help him get there. And when you see somebody coming to the table with a group of other leaders in the company, trying to help solve this other guy's problem that hasn't even asked for it to be solved, 
he's thinking about that guy's needs and, and trying to help that guy get to a better place on his own, un, unprompted, and then, you know, bringing that to the group to discuss and everybody's all in on it. That's, that's, that's one of the things I can look at and say, yeah, we're doing, we're doing something right. So. Yeah. That's a very rare culture to have a business these days. It's, yeah. um, most people that we would talk to right now would be probably complaining about labor shortage. You just can't find good workers. Everybody's on drugs. That's, that's the kind of stories you hear from most people. But I think you hear that because people aren't treating their employees, you know, with, with respect or with honor, as you say, but. Well, I mean, it turns out everybody wants to be cared for. Um, in in the in the construction industry, um, people are often, I mean, more often than not, uh, the 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 folks that are out there working their asses off every day are treated like cattle. Okay, great. You won't do the job. I get this guy to do the job. You won't work for this wage. I'll get that guy to work for this wage. And so there's there's all this back and forth and and. No, none of the guys that work in the field, everybody's on dispersed job sites. So I don't see my folks every day. I don't see them regularly enough. My, my field managers, my project managers do, but we're not connected on a daily basis. So how do they know that I have my, their best interests at heart, right? Well, they know it by how I treat them and they know it how, by how our field management treats them and how our project managers, how we all interact with each other. So, you know, if, I, I completely, I fully believe that it is hard to find good people, and I fully believe there are a lot of people out there on drugs, and I fully believe that there are a lot of jobs out there that are hard, that are hard to fill. Um, that None of that changes the fact that whether the job's hard to fill or not hard to fill, or you got the wrong person or whatever else, that people want to be cared for, yeah. whether, they would art- whether they want to articulate that to you or not. And frankly, as business owners, that should be our job. Our job shouldn't be to buy another boat or to get a condo in Florida or to get that vacate, do whatever it is to stuff our own pockets. If all you're doing in business is trying to make yourself more wealthy, you're missing the point. I'm not saying don't get wealthy. I think that's great. Do what you do all you can do. But if you make your entire business all about you, you're missing the point. <laughs> that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's just incredible. Um, I mean, what what dad what dad has kids to make his, himself feel better about himself? Or I mean, that's it's just there are certain things in life that when you get a responsibility for other lives, you need to you need to step into that responsibility. So absolutely. Yeah. So it, I mean, it obviously your business means a lot to you, and your your brand means a lot to you, uh, and that's when you're you're marketing it to potential employees or or to potential customers. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's more than just a logo on a t-shirt or a truck. Um, how important do you think it is for companies in the construction industry to to be consistent with their with their branding, or even really understand their own brand, their own message? Um, you know, how how do you approach that with your business? Yeah, I can I can speak to it specifically for for my company and my business. Um, I don't know how it relates to everybody else out there, and that would that would differ for a, a developer versus a general contractor versus a subcontractor like myself. When you're at the stage of the industry that I am, which is the subcontractor, um, I'm mostly I'm mostly marketing uh, to my team. I'm letting I'm we're letting we're letting them know what we're about. And, and, and yeah, that's really it. That's the, the, the promise we're giving is to our folks is that this is what we're about. This is who we are. This is what we represent and what, what we're trying to do. Um, my clients see that through the work that I do and the work that our folks do and the, the work that we turn out and how we approach all that. And that, and hopefully 
that resonates with them and they want to see more of that. And they, they, we become a vendor of choice because we are the folks that can come alongside of them and truly partner with them on a job. Not just, not just say, Hey, that's what we want to do. But you know, not every, not every gray area deal breaks our way. Maybe it goes their way, you know, cause, cause we're sharing in the, in the triumph at the end of the job, not just each little individual change order or whatnot. So for me, uh, we just did a, we just re, did a rebrand and um, the, the, you know, the, the logo doesn't really explain what we do. It doesn't, I, I mean, we printed banners up and I didn't put a phone number on them uh, because if, if, if you're my customer, you know who we are. And if you're part of our team, you know who we are. And all we're yeah. trying to say is, you know, the banners on this job site, cause we're part of this team, you know? So yeah. I'm not, I'm not selling. I tell all the guys that they, they, nobody could believe we put it all over our trucks and stuff. We didn't put phone numbers. I said, fellas, we're not selling pizza. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> nobody. I don't, I don't, I don't need a bunch of phone calls out of the phone book or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that branding, that branding question is a complex one. And I think is individual, but I, I think as far as you asked, I think how important is it to be consistent? And I'm not sure there are many things that are more important than being consistent. So, yeah. So you've got a lot of stuff on the side, um, some side projects and things that you're involved in that we're going to get to real quick. But um, mm-hmm. I just wonder, how do you keep things organized and prioritized? Because you've, you've got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, well, first you can of all, say, you're first, allowed to say your wife does it for you. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, uh, well, she does help me out with quite a bit of stuff. She's, she's a alpha a player badass. And, uh, she's, I mean, honestly, uh, I tell, I tell folks I talk to all the time that there is no, no greater thing for a man than, than marrying the right woman, period. Um, there, there's, there's no person in your life that can, that can act a lot of times I, and I, I don't want this to sound sexist cause I do not mean it sexist in any way, but in my opinion, for a man, their woman, their spouse, the person they link their lives to is either a sail or an anchor. And if you don't know if yours is a sail and she's an anchor mm-hmm. period, she might not be, might not be stuck in the bottom holding you tight, but you're not going as fast as you could. Okay. So they give you direction. They give you purpose. They, they help you get, it's just, I could go on and on about that. My wife's amazing. But uh, I would also say the the reason I'm able to do all the different things I'm able to do is because I have an incredible group of folks at A&A that know their roles and work every day to achieve excellence in those roles with very little. I'm not a micromanager in any way. So I empower those folks and and allow them to have the whole, if you guys, if you guys have, have read drive, um, from Daniel Pink, he talks about giving folks the ability to have mastery, autonomy, and purpose. Um, so mastery working towards something you can constantly get better at, uh, autonomy, you get to do it on your own way and figure out what that way is and purpose as far as, okay, why am I actually doing this? And what does this all mean? So I really work to do that, uh, at, at A&A and I got a bunch of folks that get it and thrive in there. And it's, it's really fun to watch them do that. And because they're they're doing so well, I'm able to split my focus and 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 work on these other projects that are super meaningful to me, um, fun, and uh, I mean it. It's just it gives me more capacity. So and and instead of just playing you know more holes of golf in a given week, I'm I'm trying to do some things that are a little bit more meaningful. So yeah, and coming letting them come to the table um, and have input that and giving that empowerment that that's going to lead to that too. So that that yeah. makes a lot of and, sense. Uh, 
and I get I get questions from guys that oh how do you know how do you know you can you know you can trust folks when you give them that that autonomy and you're not micromanaging you're not checking on everything well I mean we've got KPIs that we follow and track and we all talk about it we're all open about it we we do you know we check all of our job costs we're we're on top of those numbers I just don't tell I, we all know what the goal line is I just don't tell a guy how to get from wherever he is to wherever that is. You know, I'll, I'll a- absolutely be there as a resource or whatever else, but I'm not the one with all the answers. They're better at it than I am. So let's let them do it, you know? So, and if you, and the, the other question I get along that line is, okay, well, what if you have somebody who abuses that? Um, because people can really take advantage of all that freedom. Uh, well, sure they can. But in my opinion, when you've got a thief working for you, you don't add more locks, you get rid of that thief. Yeah. So if I've got somebody that's taking advantage of my generosity whether that's generosity of freedom, generosity financially, or generosity in any other way, well, I'm not going to penalize everybody else in the company by removing that generosity. I'm going to remove that person from our team because that way they, they're not allowing the team to flourish. So they got to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no I love <laughs> it. Uh, it's strong. It. Very strong. I'm actually yeah. um, really interested in that book. Uh, not one I'm familiar with, but, uh, you know, I've got a I've got a great management team and, you know, we're really focused on that right now, um, you know, empowering them and, and giving them opportunities to really grow their areas. And, um, yeah, it sounds like, sounds like something spot on. Um, perfect, it's great. You know, it's, it's great that, yeah, it's great to give folks, um, in my opinion, the person that, that would, that would take a job. Some, some people need a lot of structure and a lot of direction to, to feel safe and secure in their job. And that's great. That that's wonderful for them if that's where they thrive. It's just not going to be working for me. Yeah. The person that work, the person that's going to come to work for me, um, would hate to have one of those roles. They would, they it would, it would kind of grind it out of them, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, you got to have the right person. That's that's the key to that. Yeah. And and I'm I'm lucky to to have the right people. So I'm a believer that no matter what field or trade a person is in, they can create impact in their business. Um, obviously, you have. Um, you know, we've covered that. Um, but they can also create impact in their community. Talk about that with what you do in your community and, you know, by that, um, you know, crossroads and, and camps and, and all that. Uh, yeah, well, so I was uh, I was one of the founders of uh, Man Camp, which uh, you can check out at mancamp.us. There's all kinds of information and backstory and context there. Um, and Man Camp is an off the grid camping experience that uh, really grew out of uh, these adventure motorcycle trips that I was taking with some really good friends of mine. Um, we took that that primitive camping experience that we were doing over the Rockies and in the in the deserts of Utah and in New Mexico and Arizona and different places at different times. And that the challenge of that, the remoteness of that, the clarity that comes from that. Um, and we we were trying to figure out how we could share that with folks without requiring them to have you know eight days. A vacation spent in the backwoods with a you know a, a off-road motorcycle and a bunch of expensive camping gear so we came up with a way to do that locally here near cincinnati um through through crossroads church uh they were the the backbone of the whole thing and they're they're sort of the power plant behind it um it's definitely not limited to crossroads church people it's not even limited to church people anybody everybody's welcome to come and and uh and see where they're at with the whole thing but it is absolutely uh the whole thing is centered on god um, you know, because otherwise, you know, a lot, a lot of these, a lot of these lessons we're learning and, and, and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the effort we might put out into the world is it can be really, um, misdirected and misguided if it's not centered on the right thing. So, 
um, yeah, been doing that. Man camp's been, uh, I think the first, I think the first one of those was, uh, February 28th, 2015. We had 500 guys come out and test it out with us. We did a pilot, 500 guys, um, came out in eight inches of snow and, and camped out overnight and it snowed four or five inches overnight. And, and, uh, it was brutally cold and, and it was absolutely incredible. And everybody just went nuts for it and, and couldn't get enough of it. So we figured out that we'd really tapped into something. That thing that God had done in my life and in my friends' lives, um, turns out that was meant to be shared. And uh, we started sharing it and uh, it's been pretty impactful. Um, so we, we're keep, you know, we're, we keep on doing it. We're gonna have one October 15th through the 17th uh, in 2021 here. Uh, you, can, you can register for it right now, uh, actually at a discounted price on that maincamp.us website. Um, I think at this point we've had over 20,000 guys come through that experience. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just been transformational for a lot of folks. You guys have both been involved in it, right? Yeah. Um, we have both, I think was it 2018 spring 2018 camp. That was both of our first time going. Yeah. Um, and since okay. then the, the main camp and the camps that spawned from it, I think I've been to maybe seven or eight total camps. I went to father son wow. camp. Um, a couple of weeks ago with my youngest and just think you're exactly right. The experiences you can have, like I I would have never imagined that I was even capable of sleeping outside when it's 25 degrees. Um, but when you wake up the next morning, I don't, you you feel like you've done something. It's, it's got something within you that, um, that you didn't know was there. And, um, I've, I've slept nights at main camp where my tent blew over and I had to <laughs> kind of sleep with my elbows to the, to the ground, you know, propping my yeah. tent up so I didn't suffocate. <laughs> right, <laughs> I mean, right. you're, it's just a whole nother level of misery, but looking back on that, you know, I, I had brothers there with me that were doing the same thing. And the next morning you, we were trying to, you know, start a fire together and, and warm yep. back up. So those experiences well, that- are just incredible. Yeah, and you know, we we kind of stumbled into that on this adventure. We just thought adventure motorcycling would be a, a real fun time and a great, you know, great adventure. And it was. But when when it kind of dawned on us that we needed to share it, and then when we saw that that, sh- that shared adversity and that authentic adversity is the other piece. So, you know, you go to a haunted house and you get scared by somebody in a costume and you know the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And you you go, everybody, you know, I used to, I don't, I don't know how many golf trips I've been on, you know, guys, you go out and you're like, yeah, man, isn't this beautiful? Well, yeah, this manicured thing should be beautiful. How many millions of dollars they spend on making this? Thing, <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> and then we all go back to our hotel room, watch, you watch Sports Center and, you know, you go drink a few beers at the bar and then everybody goes back to the room and, and sleeps in a whatever temperature controlled room they've got under however many pillows they want and sheets they want and all this stuff. And that's just that's not we were meant for so much more than just that. Let's that comfort that just surrounds and pervades our world. And don't get me wrong. I love to be comfortable, but I know that the good stuff comes from being uncomfortable. And so man camp and I, a lot of those other camps, all that kind of stem from that are all built around that same ethic. We're, we're going to make it. We're not going to intentionally make it painful. This isn't some sort of a, you know, a sadistic thing. It's literally, we want guys to find freedom. We know freedom comes through this experience. So let's share that experience. And that includes that, that um, adversity, whether it's the weather, whether it's sleeping in a tent, whether it's, whether, whether it's sharing something real around a fire, whether it's uh, hiking through the woods with all your gear, all those things are meant to give guys the opportunity to find that freedom. So 
yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's it's good stuff and and for man camp most of the time it's the weather <laughs> no, it, no. It, you know we had uh we we did a, an instagram live uh q a session last night and one of the questions was well, why do you guys always have man camp at a time whether the weather could be great or the weather could be terrible and i said well that's partly because we live in ohio and on any given day the weather could be great yeah. or the weather could be terrible and also, we choose the fall and the spring because the higher likelihood of a challenging day uh, is present. And we, we, you don't learn anything from 72 and blue skies. You just don't. You might have a fun weekend. You might have a couple of laughs with your buddies, but you're not getting challenged or pushed. If we let everybody drive in and set their gear out of their car and set up camp and then drive back out or whatever, um, do you learn anything about yourself? Do you learn that – if given the chance, when you see a guy you don't even know struggling with that 40-pound pack, you would grab the other side of it and walk it in with him? Did you did you know that about yourself? Well, no, you don't because the world never lets you learn that. The world doesn't let you know you can sleep in 25 degrees. The world doesn't let you know that when you see somebody about to break down sharing some terrible thing from their past around a campfire, you might have the right words to encourage them. The world doesn't let you know that. You're, you're always looking at you know, we go, how many places do we go where we're part of the actual experience? At man camp, we're all part of the experience. It's not a sit and get where you go to a place, sit in a chair, somebody talks at you, and he puts on a show, and then you leave. That's not, that's yeah. what man camp is. The whole thing is the experience. And our interaction with it, our participation in it, our reaction to it, all of that communally is what creates the actual experience of the thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to it's go a, right it's now. A, it's a, it's a, yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's a, it's a, it's the a weather's unique nice. opportunity. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, um, sitting around the campfire with your buddies, what's your go-to drink? Oh, wow. Uh, well, it's all about bladder management. So, it usually starts out <laughs> yeah. with, uh, it's not, How many times have I done zip the tent at night to, to go uh, pee? Well, you know, so... First of all, the roll and throw will save you in your tent. If you're on a ground tent, the roll and throw for a guy is the absolute best thing. Um, we, 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 can, we can get into that in more detail if you want. But I'm put a diagram on our website. Yeah, there you go. So, um, but, you know, we'll, we usually I, – I, I, as basic as a lot of guys might think this is, and I've been all through the, the craft beer spectrum, porters and stouts and gozes and everything else, but I like a nice IPA, mm. um, sit around the fire with a few guys, and just, uh, you know, stare off into that and, and get into some deep conversations. It's fantastic. And then, you know, an hour or so before you're ready for bed, you don't want to pound two more beers and then go down and then go hit the rack. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'll usually, I'll usually switch over to a nice bourbon. I used to be, uh, I used to be kind of a scotch guy, but I got turned on to bourbon camping years ago and, uh, haven't looked back. So, um, yeah, that's my thing. I'll usually an IPA and then, uh, shift over to bourbon, maybe have a, uh, you know, a couple of fingers of bourbon before I head off. And that, uh, that's the way we end the night usually. So there, there you go. Um, yeah. these are just random fire questions. Now, uh, yeah. what is your biggest weakness as a business owner? Wow. I would say, um, pride and ego. Um, you know, if things are going real well, and especially if you set up a system like I try to do where, you delegate authority, you empower folks, you give them that mastery, autonomy, and purpose. Uh, it's real easy to look around and go, man, do I matter at all? And a lot of guys can't let go of that, you know, staying out of the day-to-day -day and, and uh, pushing buttons and pulling levers in their company because it's, it's scary to go, wow, do they even need me? 
you know? Yeah. So, uh, and if you're doing your job right, they shouldn't need you very much, you know? So. All right. Another quick fire question. If you had $10 million to start any kind of new business you wanted, what would it be? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, well, uh, I'm currently looking into starting a mountain bike park, uh, in Indiana. That's, uh, that's going to be targeted towards, um, turning the Midwest, uh, you know, into an actual outdoor activity area. So we're, we're the, we're toying with the name of flyover mountain right now, because right now, if you're into outdoor sports, you're not coming to, you know, Ohio, Kentucky and Indiana to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, even as, even as close as Asheville, they've got, uh, outdoor activities as a thing. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to change that at least, um, we're, we're looking at the idea of changing that, um, me and a couple of close friends are looking at what our opportunities might be to do something like that. So Very cool. 10 million, 10 million would help with that. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you could, uh, you could find some land with $10 million. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I've got a buddy that's, that's into mountain biking and, and he's got to go quite a distance to find something that's, that's enjoyable. Um, so yeah, I feel yeah. you there. Yeah. And the worst thing, the worst thing around here for it is, and it's similar with the adventure motorcycling around here is, you know, the soil we've got, uh, when it rains, it's wet and it's not wet for a day. It's wet for a week, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Um, so thinking about other hobbies, um, we, we've heard about this thing called danger wheel. Um, yeah. take that and run with it for a second. Yeah. So, so danger wheel is a thing, uh, some, some friends and I, uh, and hopefully everybody's catching on that pretty much everything I do is, is done in uh, a group setting. <laughs> so uh, it is, uh, and it can result in whole, broken bones. <laughs> it, well, right. Yeah, that's right. I, I do. I do enjoy things that are dangerous and, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I'm big on risk and I'm big on friendship. So, uh, which is a risk in and of itself. So anyway, danger wheel is a community event. Uh, I live in Pendleton, which is right next to OTR. And for the, most of the folks in and around Cincinnati, they wouldn't be able to distinguish one from the other. But Pendleton's one of the smallest, if not the smallest, neighborhoods in Cincinnati. And we, I moved in several years ago, and we decided we wanted to do something to kind of highlight the neighborhood, to raise money for the neighborhood. Um, and so we created this thing uh, that uh, called Danger Wheel, which is adult downhill big wheel racing. So we take 80-pound uh, steel drift trikes. If you want to Google what a drift trike is, uh, it's, basically, it's basically the adult version of a big wheel. It's, it's, uh, it's got a, you know, it's a bicycle front end and a flat, uh, big wheel type back end with two big, uh, two big balloon tires on the back. Did you say it was 80 tires. pounds? Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, I, well, actually, we, I think we, I think we, I think we actually trimmed the fat on the, the tube steel in the back. We had to reinforce these bikes cause we built ramps that are launching people 12 feet high and 30 feet neat long and they're landing on asphalt and you know you got a 200 pound guy you do the math on the physics when he hits the ground we were we were tacoing these bikes because they were <laughs> they were they were uh they were never meant for they were never meant for ramping so but we started ramping them so we had some guys come up with some designs and we've reinforced them all over the place and uh so yeah we we send these guys down the hill they've got so it's a team of three you race it head to head against a number another team of three uh so two guys you know, one guy rides on the bike. He's the he's the the driver, and then he has two pushers, one on each shoulder. That constitutes a team. And when I when I sound the horn, each team their their noses are lined up at the starting gate. When I sound the horn, those each team's pushers push as hard as they can push for about ten yards, and then they can't touch their driver anymore. He's got to ride the rest of the way of the course 
and whoever crosses that finish line with their butt in the seat, they can't drag the bike. They got to have their butt in the seat. Uh, that guy, whoever crosses the finish line first wins that race. And, and every race we add obstacles and we add ramps to make it harder and more dangerous as the day goes on. So, cause, yeah, cause it sounds it is, easy. I mean, you it, gotta make it harder. <laughs> it, well, it's, uh, I tell you what, it's a lot of fun. And the key to the event is really what the focus for us was trying to get something because Pendleton is like much of OTR in Cincinnati and a lot of, uh, sort of what you might call without being polarizing a gentrified neighborhood. Um, we had a lot of people that have lived in this neighborhood with, for multi-generations, uh, for, you know, 30, 40 years. And we got a lot of folks that live in this neighborhood for six months. So they get, they just got a nice job with GE down, down, uh, in the central business district and they wanted to live somewhere walkable. So those two people are not likely to ever rub elbows with each other unless there's a reason for them to come together in their backyard and enjoy an event that's compelling, which danger wheel is and is free which Danger Wheel is. So you can come to Danger Wheel for free, spend five minutes, five hours, watch a ton of exciting race drama, meet a, meet somebody you otherwise never would have met because we're elbow to elbow up and down this course, three people deep. Um, have a great time because let me just tell you something, watching a bunch of adults act like kids is probably one of the best ways to unlock that inner child in all of us I've ever seen. People are smiles and happy and it's just, it is the whole ethic is playing in our backyard, which is what we're doing. So we've, we were approached by Red Bull a couple of years ago. They wanted to take the event over. We've had different people approach us about different things. Um, and we just, we, we're happy to have these, these sponsors involved because we're trying to raise money for our neighborhood and it's an expensive endeavor to do what we do. Um, so it's great to have these folks that want to get involved, but what we can't ever let it get away from is the, the, that original ethic of playing in your backyard, you know? So when Red Bull came in, they said, great, we'll, we'll, we'll cover these costs. We'll do these things. But I don't know if you guys have ever seen a Red Bull event. They're cool. They do some amazing things, but you know, they're a Red Bull event and they're the, the production value is super high. And it's, it's not, it, it's not the same thing as we, we throw some straw bales in the street and some, some wooden ramps that I built in my barn and take some steel drift tracks over them. And that's, that's kind of the gist of what danger wheel is. And, yeah. But, uh, that's not, that's not super polished. So, yeah. but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah unpolished actually, is better. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's, uh, that's actually this, uh, this, um, in last Saturday, this month, July 31st, we're doing it. And it's, uh, like I said, free to, free to watch. You can come for five minutes or five hours. There's a FC Cincinnati game that night. So you can come down, check it out and then roll out and go to FC and have probably the most Cincinnati day you could ever, you could ever dream of. So yeah. eat some getta. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. You got to get some getta somewhere in there. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you had a chance to talk to 18 year old Judd and you could give him one piece of business advice, what would it be? Wow. He wouldn't know what to do with any of it. Um, <laughs> 18, 18 year old Judd wasn't even thinking about business. Um, gosh, man, maybe just keep going. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe that thing we touched on at the beginning of, you know, when, when you're, when you're going through the suck, look for the why. Yeah. Cause I went through, I went through a lot of suck and I think I have a real clear picture on the why now. Um, but you know, when you're 18 years old, all you do is know that you're in the middle of the suck. So, yeah. Yeah. So we are going to probably close up here pretty soon, and it's, it's been great talking to you. But some final yeah. thoughts. Where can people find you and your business online? Uh, well, LinkedIn, uh, we've got a presence, a little bit of a presence there. 
anawallsystems.com is the website, which is about to undergo uh, a, a bit of a revamp because um, it was a little confused in its purpose. I'm uh, at Judd Watkins on Instagram. Um, it's about, I mean, that's about the best way to kind of follow my stuff. I, I really enjoyed um, the yeah. the Danger Runner Instagram, the your forerunner yeah, you got the, all souped the, yeah. up. Yeah, I follow your adventures there because I've never traveled out west, and that's that's a dream of mine. I'd love to hike, um, but I hike these little, you know, eastern United States mountains. Um, yeah. I, I need to get some elevation and get out there. So I, I man, love watching your pictures and those lakes that you camp beside. It's really it's incredible. Man, that's great to hear. I, you know, I I put those out there as a as an encouragement to folks, and I, I just always hope it's received that way. And I'm just going to tell you, man, whatever you've got to do to figure out a way to get you. And I assume you, you got some kids. I mean, mm-hmm. just we're not promised tomorrow. Make a plan right now, schedule a trip for 2023, but put it on the calendar and work towards it. All I'm right. just telling you it's it. You will see things. My pictures do not do it justice is all I'm going to say. So it, it's, it's absolutely worth whatever hassle, whatever expense, whatever risk it is to your business to be away for a week or however long you need to go just do it it's it's just as easy to do that as to go to disney world and probably and a lot cheaper um it's just people don't usually think of that so um, yeah you're yeah. i think you're just anyway. adding to adam's fomo uh a bunch of us guys <laughs> from church you know in the in the pack group we're going to the uh the teton mountains um coming up oh, for, wow. for labor day yeah this oh. and it, it's my first time out there and uh there's six of us going it's you know we're going you, for six days camping? Uh, yeah, backpacking. I, th- I think our I think our trails twenty four, twenty six miles, something like that. Oh, uh, okay. So you're you're backpacking. You're doing like a through hike. Yep, yep. Okay. We're doing the right. the trail loop, and uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily the other guys are a little bit more well equipped and knowledgeable of the path, so I don't have to focus on all the details. No, I just I just show absolutely. up and and try not to get eaten by a bear and and <laughs> go too slow. Uh, I can yeah, let them that's, uh, let them focus yeah. on that. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I did for years on the adventure motorcycle. I just followed BT. So yeah. <laughs> I, everybody would go. Everybody would ask me, well, "Where you're going to Utah? Where in Utah?" I was like, "I I don't know. I'm I'm going to land in Salt Lake, and I'm going to fly out of Salt Lake. Other than that, I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> I bought a plane ticket. That's it. Yeah. So if you guys if you guys get to a point, if you got some flexibility, freedom, an extra night, and you're you're near the Tetons, kind of the Jackson area, uh, I've got one of the most incredible campsites of all the campsites, and I've done hundreds of them. Um, is right there, easy to get to in pretty much a stock vehicle. Uh, it's a little rocky, uh, but you definitely don't need any kind of you don't need anything like my Danger Runner to get there, and it's it's epic. So if you if if that comes up, shoot me a text. Excellent, so, heck yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, well as we go, um, coming you know coming from an entrepreneur making a lot of impact in his business and his in his community, um, what advice? can you leave our listeners who are looking to start a business or maybe they're even a business owner now and they just want some advice? Um, what can you leave them with? Wow. Um, there's so many things. Um, well, I was just giving a guy some advice the other day who's struggling with something that I tend to struggle with when, you know, you think you're not doing things the right way. You're not doing enough. You're, you're not smart enough. You don't have, you're just not enough in whatever way. You just got to realize that all you are is a steward of the uh, resources and opportunities that God puts in front of you, and the rest of it's His. So every now and then you might need to get out of His way uh, and and just let it happen. 
That's awesome. As we wrap up today's show, I want to give a huge shout out to our guest for joining us today. It's another great conversation with another amazing small business leader. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of that. In the show notes are links to social media accounts that we talked about. I would encourage you guys to click those, follow those, and uh, engage. Engage with our guests, uh, That all of them. They love connecting with other small business leaders. That's why they're here. Uh, so I don't encourage you to do that. Also, and unfortunately, this show is not free to produce. And if you would like to help support the show, we would be forever grateful. There's actually an easy link to click uh, where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Just sending a few dollars our way to help support the show would mean so much to us and would go a long way. Again, thank you guys so much for joining us. And until next time on the Humans Doing Business podcast, we will see you soon.